Hello, and welcome to episode 5 of Man vs. Business. My name is Les James, and I'm here with my co-host, Sean McManaman. This week, Sean and I are going to be discussing what your quality system should look like. With that said, let's start the show. Hi, and welcome to this edition of Man vs. Business. Yep. I'm here with Les Janes. I'm Sean McMenamin, and we're going to talk about uh, what your quality system should look like today. Yeah, this is uh, this is kind of the arena that I've spent a lot of time in. Um, you know, the quality system is something that's important to a company as a whole. You know, no matter whether you're going to be engaging in a certification or whether you're just trying to get your backyard cleaned up. You know, and I think that or your uh, front yard or your front yard. <laughs> You know, and I think that having some sort of quality management system in place is important for every company. Yeah, absolutely, because it's uh, you know a a skeleton or a framework of uh, how you how you operate. Yeah, I mean, and you're wanting your your employees to have some sort of structure. Mm-hmm. You know, and and I think that uh, uh, figuring out how to get a quality system in place is is something that you know each and every company should go through uh, and try to figure out. What's important to their business, you know? So, I think with uh, uh, you know starting with that, I think that focusing on you know what makes up a good quality system, uh, I think the first thing you've got to do is you've got to figure out whether you want to adhere to some sort of standard, mm-hmm. um, you know, and whether you certify to that standard or not, that's up to you. That's up to whether your market requires it. You know, you get into some areas and, you know, you get a lot of customers that demand some sort of certification if they're going to do business with you. Right. Um, and then you get other areas that that uh, they really don't care. But I think that when they don't care, that doesn't mean you shouldn't still uh, try to have some sort of quality system in place. Right. And I would imagine people would look at it and they should look at it in that uh, having a quality system in place, one, proves to your customer that, that you deliver a quality product. But also, if there is a standard that you strive to achieve, and like you said, whether you certify or not, it doesn't make a difference, um, but your competition, either they're going to meet that standard or not. So, mm-hmm. so it could be a competitive advantage if you can prove to your clients that, that you've met a standard and you still have a, a product that is cost-effective at the market value. Um, so using that part of the <clears throat> of the uh, the sales process to show that you can that you can provide a product to the customer based on a standard or based on a, a process using a standard, mm-hmm. then you know you've got one less question to answer. Yeah. And do your research. I mean depending there's lots of standards out there. Um, you know, do your re- research on what would make sense uh, for you to try to either go after or at least match to. That'll give you some sort of guiding light you know, to shoot for, whether it's, you know, ISO 9000, AS9100, you know, OSHA 18001, mm-hmm. um, you know, any of those standards are good bases to start from. Um, the next thing to think about is making sure that you involve everyone in this process. Is it really everyone? <laughs> you know, <laughs> yes. I'm going to go ahead and say yes, because knowing if I say yes you'll get most everyone. <laughs> right, yeah, right, right. Would, I'm sure, yeah, getting everyone in, involved. I mean, the thing is, from the the human resource aspect of it, mm-hmm. you, you want you want people to understand what you're doing. 
Um, you want people to have have a say if if they can't have a say. I mean, that's that's management's job then to figure out what's the best way to involve everyone. Now you can't you can't have a hundred people with a hundred different ideas all trying to get their point across. Sure. So so that's that's the challenge then for management. But I, I understand what you're saying. Get get everyone slash as many people as possible involved. When I used to, um, you know, I used to even say at my, you know, my older company that. I wish we could have added it to the end of the job description. Instead of the statement that said, and other duties as required, the last statement should be, and engage in the quality system as needed, (laughs) you know, or something along those lines. You know, it's, it's one of those things that I think is so important to the survival and the ongoing long-term future of the company that if you've got everybody constantly thinking about it, and that's why I say all resources, even you know, from the the janitor to to leadership, if all those people from there up are involved in it to one degree or another, it all adds up. Well, and it all makes a difference. And right, and I think it seems to be a common theme through our presentations here in the last couple of weeks. What do we talk about? We talk about culture. Yeah. If, if people are involved, and just like you said, if if everybody in their job understands that that they're part of some kind of quality system. That means the culture then becomes, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to be too uh, cliche-ish, a, a culture of quality, mm-hmm. which, which, it shouldn't be, it shouldn't be a bad word, or should, people shouldn't roll their eyes when they hear that. It's, it's a way of operating, just like you know, you operate, you know, morally and ethically and everything else yep. in your business. But having that, that, uh, that culture as the foundation of the, the process that you have once you've established it, and then ways to continuously improve right so you know even just that that type of language of always continuously improving just like you said somebody that's somebody that's taking care of maintenance or or the facilities if they've got an idea that can that can uh, improve the process that they have then either they get freed up to do you know additional additional activities or maybe there's some cost savings something happens faster something happens with uh, less variation you know so that's everybody everybody can have have a positive impact if they understand that that that's the end result. Well, and involving those frontline employees, a lot of times that's where you get your best ideas. Well, it's it really doing is. It. It's because right. they're doing the work. Right. <laughs> we all know that they're engaged in doing the work. And if you can get that feedback from those employees coming back, positive feedback, that's a lot of value and a lot of power there. Well, yeah, and, you know, thinking about this now, coming from the top down, mm-hmm. having that, that – that um, understanding and and ability to receive that feedback, you know, yeah. if if management if management and leadership understands that that the the quality is part of everyone's culture, the quality process and, and improvements, then the receiving of, of ideas is a lot better received. Sorry, yeah, agreed. So so then things can actually get done. Yeah. So I know I know making sure. That quality starts, you know, at the top, and everybody everybody buys in, and not only buys in, but but expects it. Yeah, exactly. I think that's when you truly turn the corner mm-hmm. is when that starts to happen. Right. You know, one of the negative things I always hear about engaging in quality or having a quality system is uh, paper yeah. writing procedures. Everyone always gets gets uh, wrapped up in oh, we're going to have a lot of. Uh, um, documentation now that we're all going to have to read and we're all going to have to adhere to. 
I think there's some of that, mm-hmm. uh, and I do think depending on how how well you document your quality system and how well you 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 manage it, uh, definitely can make a difference there. I think there's some creative things that you can do to help make sure that you've got a uh, uh, a documentation process in place that's not overwhelming uh, to the employees. Um, you know, starting with a a quality manual that's not a book, mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe you know, just a little pamphlet. Yeah, you know, don't don't make your quality manual uh, where all your procedures ride uh, reside. Um, make your quality manual just the definition of what you do. Uh, trying to make it to where when somebody reads it, they have an idea of how your company functions. That's really the point of the quality system. If you want to see the details, then you then branch off to the procedures and or work instructions uh, from that point. But making sure, one, that you have a quality manual that is not uh, large and burdensome, uh, because if it is, nobody's going to read it. Mm-hmm. You know, a 75-page quality manual, who's going to read that? Right. You know, it's, it's just not going to work. Uh, but then have procedures that are owned by managers. Right. Subject, you know, subject matter experts. Subject in, matter in, experts, in those, yeah. In those mm-hmm. disciplines. Yeah, so have your, you know, your, your design procedures owned by the engineering manager. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, have your sales and quoting procedures managed by, you know, manager of sales, mm-hmm. whoever that might be. Uh, and then you get into the scenario where you're solving the problem of, many hands make light work. Right. You don't have the quality guy trying to write all of the procedures throughout the whole company. Yeah. <laughs> Which, yeah, the thing is you want that subject matter expert. But the other, the other thing that I, I always try to impart on the folks that you lay this responsibility on, that it's not, it's not an additional burden to them. Mm-hmm. So if they are the manager of a group, They've got to they've got to find a way to train the people that they bring on. They've got right. to, they've got to have some guidelines for what is expected mm-hmm. of that of that person in their department throughout the year. Right. So so basically, that's what your your procedure your procedure is just hey, how do you do work? It's your training material. It's your also. training. It's mm-hmm. your training material. You know your training material, and and then so having that and, and understanding it and being clear. We talk about being clear, having good clear communication. Right. There can't be anything more clear than something that you outline as the manager of a of a functional group that then is part of a quality system a quality process right so so that um it's it's got teeth you know people people understand hey this is the way we do things because as a as a leader in the company to hear a manager say well you know my one one person does it this way one person does it that way um, yeah, I have a problem with, you know, the way person number two gets it done, but I understand what they're trying to do. You know, that's, that, that, that's just frustrating as anything. Just, that should stop. That should stop right away. So that's why, yeah, as a leader, you sit there and say, well, fix it, yeah. fix it. Because what a waste of time if you've got to figure out what is, what is meant by this person because so they don't the, follow. So when the third person comes in, do they operate to person number one or person number two? It's average one and a half. <laughs> Somewhere in between, and they've created a third process. I'm a math guy, yeah. You, you, can, you can average everything. Yeah. So I think that uh, the other thing is, is I think that when you're creating this quality manual, I think it needs to start at the top. 
I, I've seen it done both ways where, you know, people have created documentation at the bottom and they've built upwards. And you're saying top as in top leadership in the company as opposed to bottom, at, you know, bottom like, you know. Frontline employees. Accounting, or the, guy, accounting yeah, person. Or, I do. Or, you know. I, low, think it should start, I think it should start at the top, start with leadership, and even before that, it should start with a good mission and vision statement, and then from there, you've, you've got a quality manual that matches where you're trying to go with the... How many, how many leaders at the top of the company put out a good mission and vision statement? <laughs> yeah, you know, okay, maybe one time for a podcast in the future, we'll have to we'll we'll find some good statistics on on if the mission vision statements are any good. I think that I think that that's where a lot of them try to bring in consultants, and then you ask, do they do any good? Well, in helping, yeah, I mean, what, helping drive. <laughs> yeah, that's a whole nother discussion yeah, there. Yeah, I've been there with two days worth of figuring out what our mission and vision was. So I think that I think that having a quality manual, getting that quality manual written. And then trying to figure out what gaps you have in your organization that you need to start working on to plug uh, to make sure that you're matching your quality manual um, uh, and get those in, in place. Because I think that the quality manual not only helps you get towards a certification, but it also helps uh, give you kind of that roadmap mm-hmm. as to how you can create kind of a best-in-class organization and get everybody on board with that um, with that process and, and is guiding everybody along. Nobody's guessing now. Everybody goes, oh, well, is it in the quality manual? Let's start there first. Right. And if it if it, the quality manual's not right, let's fix it. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, it's just like just like anything, you have you, you have to have a baseline. So then, if there is a if there is a deviation off of that baseline, you you, you can find it fast mm-hmm. for one. And then two, you understand what you have to fix. I'm trying to, of course, come up with a baseball analogy. If you're if you're <laughs> if you're hitting the ball, if, if you're hitting the ball, and uh, you've got video of how you hit the ball well, and then you're not hitting the ball anymore, you can you can see where that difference where you're is. going wrong. Exactly. Maybe it has something to do with when you broke your forearm well, the maybe. game before. That's you know. right. That's right. <laughs> um, so I think that uh, the other thing I wanted to bring up was um, not getting certified until you're ready. Mm-hmm. I think that. Uh, I hear I've heard countless stories of people just going after the paper mm-hmm. and just uh, uh, doing whatever it took to say, "Yeah, here's what we do." And then, of course, when they get into the audit process, it's not that they can't pass an audit, but it is very painful. So, my my druthers would be that uh, you put and take a quality system, get it going, start your getting your processes built to match that. And then get certified. Right. I think that uh, uh, trying to do that just because, you know, and there you might be getting some uh, customer push on why you're needing that it. Was, that sure. was going to be my example. Yeah. And, and I've, I was part of an organization one time where, you know, really large customers said, you know, you're not going to get a job from us unless you're ISO certified. So and, isn't that where we've got to, where an organization has to kind of stand up and say, we hear you? But it's going to take this long for us to do it. Well, as long as we talked about it in another podcast, having the guts, having the guts to, to yeah. you know, have your scope, you know, understood. Well, okay, then when the customer says, fine, then there's, you know, $17 million worth of work that will be issued before you get it, if you're okay with that. Well, you know, these are the things that you have to decide. But you have to be, you have to be a grown-up, and you have to do what you should do for the right reasons. Right. Okay? Because... If you go get that that certification, and you're only just giving it FaceTime, and the people don't believe it, the people aren't aren't uh, living it, then it's nothing but a 
cram course mm-hmm. when you're going to get an audit every time you get an audit. Exactly right. And, and people have to go back and, and find files, find documents and things like that, which is just the opposite of the way the quality system is supposed to be, where it's supposed to help save you time and have clear communication. Now you're creating things or looking for things that you should have in the first place. And that's where it gives the quality system a bad name because yeah. they, they, then they then turn around and blame the quality system yeah. for oh, the thing, problem. Yeah, oh, yeah, having this in place yeah. is causing me so much heartache. Yeah. No, if you do what you're supposed to mm-hmm. <laughs> or if you would engage in the process, then you wouldn't have most of these problems. Right. So, But that's the I guess that's a difference between a short-term view and a long-term view. Yeah, and also something that you and I talked about before we started this was you know, what kind of leadership and buy-in, you know, you said before that mm-hmm. you have to have, you have to have the understanding and the, the drive at the top level process and procedures and things like that developed at the bottom level. Mm-hmm. Right. But what you need is, is when you're running this, this program, even though, even though the functional managers are accountable for their areas, you still need somebody in the quality department that is a good liaison between the work that's actually getting done, the upper management, and that that next step to completing the vision. Yeah. Well, and I, and I truly think that one of the hardest things to do is to truly get leadership engaged in quality, mm-hmm. not just giving it uh, lip service of "Oh yeah, we should do that. That's that's yeah. a good thing." Yeah. Or when you hand them something to uh, re- read and make sure this is a good direction. They don't go, ah, yeah, that looks good. Go ahead and go with that. Right. Right. Because <laughs> actually you want them to set the expectations. That's right. That's so right. Leader, leadership to, in order to meet the vision and the mission that they're the ones that came up with it. Right. How do we get there? They should be setting expectations. And, and I've been part of those teams, set expectations and then, and then have the roadmap along the quality process to get to that. You know, in most of these quality standards, they have, you know, sections that uh, uh, define support, uh, define resources, uh, define a good design um, product realization environment. But if I had to pick any of the key sections that you'll find in almost all quality standards, it's the fact that you've got to have some sort of continuous improvement in place. Mm-hmm. And, and I think there's a reason for that. I think that continuous improvement is the only thing that's going to get you there, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So when you're talking about, okay, how do we get better? Uh, how, how do we make more money? How do we uh, become more efficient, do it more faster. effective, right. do it faster? All those questions. The old answer used to be, well, we need to trim a little fat or we need to get these people out of here or mm-hmm. we need to um, uh, figure out a, a better way of just doing business go or buy a new machine or go and buy a new machine. Mm-hmm. You're missing the whole um, continuous improvement uh, capability that's going to get you there. And the problem with continuous improvement, though, is it's not a Band-Aid. It is you have to do it. It's got to be the long term. Mm -hmm. It's got to be the long run. And if you make the investment in setting a good continuous improvement culture, again, from top to bottom throughout your organization, that is where you're going to get true, true dividends in a a quality system. Well, yeah, just like the the word continuous improvement. Improvement over what? If you have the baseline Mm -hmm. 
and then you improve you imp- you analyze that that process and then you improve mm-hmm. where the the analysis shows that you're a little weak right so that's that's how you improve that's how you grab the nuggets that will help you get you know here's the air quotes there yeah. wherever, wherever there is well and truly truly addressing you know another area to to get continuous improvement from is is feedback or nonconformances or um, you know, issues found in the field right. or customer feedback or any of those areas, but taking those and truly doing something with them where you're identifying your risk and you're trying to truly mitigate the problem, right. get to the root cause of the problem. And then even, you know, take take that concept and, and put it across a couple of things that we've talked about in the past and we will in the future. Mm-hmm. You don't blame the person. You take You take the right. information that you gather... And then you do something with it to help the process improve. You don't always look first at the person that's a, and say, well, this person you know, can't prefer, perform the way we expect them to perform. Yeah. If you improve the process and the person isn't doing what, what still needs to be done, well, then maybe you do have a performance issue. But the first thing you look at, you hired the person, you, you, you have to assume that they can get the job done. Now, as a management and leadership team, are you helping them get their job done in the best possible way? Right. And then it's full circle. You're talking about, okay, are you helping them get it done in the best possible way? What have you done to set them up for success? Right. Not for failure by throwing you know a million different things at them without any kind of guideline or foundation or path. Exactly right. And you know, and I think we've we've covered quite a few uh, topics on having a quality system. Uh, we didn't want to deep dive into, you know, areas such as metrics and how to have a good leadership in place and, and how to have, how to write documentation specifically right. or anything like that. But I think this gives people a good uh, foundation of some of the key areas that they really need to address when they're diving right. into a quality system. Yeah, so, yeah, sum, summarizing, you know, the title of what we're talking about here, what should it look like? It should look like something that is driven by upper management. Mm-hmm that all people are involved, Yep. that there's continuous improvement, and that it is uh, clear in a, in a quality manual, but not exhaustive in that quality manual. Yep. It's the overview in that quality manual, then build from that quality manual into, like you said, procedures and work instructions and process diagrams, et cetera. Well said. Oh, thank you. Um, something we didn't talk about. Do you have any picks for this week? Go see Star Wars. <laughs> I'm right there with you. Because <laughs> I haven't seen it yet either. <laughs> Avoid the crowds, but go see Star Wars. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm with you. Well, uh, we appreciate you uh, listening to us today, and we look forward to bringing another Man versus uh, Business episode to you next week. Thank you. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Man versus Business. Please note that neither Sean nor myself are business consultants. We just have a strong passion for discussing all things business. Please remember to visit sigmatree.co to see our other podcasts, our business ventures, and our other blogs. You can also drop us a line from the message page. Thank you and enjoy your holidays.